You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back to our second half hour of Real Presence Live this morning. I'm your host, Jack Canelli, along with Ken Cottrell. And uh, our next guest, uh, kind of like our, our last guest, is no stranger to Real Presence Radio. It's Dr. Ralph Martin from the great state of Michigan. And he is the president of Renewal Ministries, which is an organization devoted to Catholic renewal and evangelization. He's also got all sorts of other uh, uh, credits in his uh, curriculum vitae, but uh, Dr. Martin, we're going to let you kind of uh, uh, disclose those as you wish. Uh, Also, uh, some of you might recognize him as the keynote speaker for our next uh, Real Presence Radio Banquet coming up in Fargo on uh, February 6th, I believe it is. And I think you're also going to be in Duluth in March. And so, and I know you you made the circuit of many of our banquets last year, so you've really been around our listening area, and we're certainly happy to have you on the on the air today. Yeah, well, I really have come to appreciate Real Presence Catholic Radio. Uh, it's just a tremendous ministry, and you're covering such a great territory, and you're really such a voice of clarity for for people, in, you know, all over the Upper Midwest. So, it's a it's a privilege and an honor to uh, speak at these banquets. And I'm looking forward to meeting the Fargo people. Indeed, on Monday, January sixth. Yeah. Well, I'll be there. Okay. Good. And along with probably about eight or nine hundred other people, if uh, if we can kind of keep the same pace we've been doing with our banquets in prior the last few years. Yeah, that's great. That's amazing. Yeah, so uh, make sure you got a clean shirt and a pressed tie. Yeah, well, the real challenge is getting up early enough in the morning in order to get to Minneapolis in time to get an early enough flight. So in case that flight gets canceled, there's another flight I could take to get there on time. Yeah. So, well, that's so a, that's the challenge. Yeah. But I, I could tell you a little bit. I could tell you a little bit about what I, what I do. You know, there's Renewal Ministries, and we have the the weekly television program, the choices we face, and. We got a couple of daily Catholic radio programs. You know, we have Ave Maria radio right here in Ann Arbor, so we do a lot of work with them and really appreciate Catholic radio. And then I also teach at the seminary in Detroit, Sacred Heart Major Seminary. I'm director of our graduate theology programs and evangelization. And then we do a lot of international mission work. Uh, we, we work in about 40 different countries around the world trying to strengthen the church. And then besides that, I'm married, have a wonderful Catholic wife, and Six children and 19 grandchildren. Uh, six children, 19 grandchildren. Uh, you got uh, several different hats that you wear as well, in, yeah. in addition to writing some books. So what do you do in your spare time? Well, you know, it's, it's you know, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. And all I can say is I just try to get up every day and do what it seems like the Lord wants me to do, and somehow all these things work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it certainly appears to be that way. Now, uh, we've got you here to talk about the future of the church and the new evangelization. And so, I guess, you know, in a general sense, what does the future look for uh, like for the church? I mean, we, we certainly have our own perspective here in Western culture, but uh, maybe you can uh, shed a little better light on it. Well, in, in the developed Western countries, these are challenging times for the Catholic Church. To say the least. 
I think we we may have lost our connection. Well, I, I could hear you. Oh, you can hear. Well, I can hear you now too. <laughs> it just well, well, it seems like it just kind of went dead there for a second. Okay. Well. Well, welcome uh, back. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I never knew I left, but I'm, I'm glad to be here. Uh, yeah. So it looks challenging. You know, it makes me think about what Pope Benedict XVI said that the church is going to lose a lot of its social and political standing. We're going to lose some of our buildings and our people and our status in society. And that's that's been one of the sad stories, you know, since Vatican II. And it, I don't think it was caused by Vatican II, but we can talk about that. But, yeah, and even after COVID, you know, we've, we've seen, you know, a fall off in church attendance. A lot of people tell me maybe 20% of the Catholics who are going to, to Mass before COVID have not returned. Now, some of them are continuing to connect remotely, but... Uh, that's that's really putting real strain on the, the finances and the staffing of, of of Catholic institutions. But there's hope because Jesus is Lord, right? And the Holy Spirit's being poured out, and there's lots and lots of Catholics being awakened to their faith uh, who are really becoming disciples of Jesus, like Pope Francis says, missionary disciples. And so uh, in the midst of the challenge, there's some really bright spots. Right. Uh, I mean, isn't it um, the phrase, the Benedict option, when we talk about that, aren't we talking about when he says the church will kind of be shrinking but become more militant? Yeah. And, I, uh, and well, I'm, Pope, yeah. And I'm saying, go, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, no. you're the host, man. Uh, uh, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, as a host, I think I should be hospitable. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm using the church, you know, the church becoming more militant in, in, in a good way. Not, yeah. not in a militaristic or antagonistic kind of way. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things called the Benedict Option. One, we were you know, talking about Pope Benedict XVI saying it's going to get smaller, but we're going to become more renewed, more reformed, uh, more deeply spiritual, more committed. Being a Catholic now will have to be a matter of real choice and decision, not just cultural upbringing. So in that way, we're going to become a more dynamic church, but smaller. And then there's a guy that wrote a book called The Benedict Option, uh, Rod Dreher, who said maybe things have gotten so bad in the culture that we need to really start forming intentional uh, communities and withdraw in a certain way from the culture. And then there's been a lot of kind of feedback against that, saying, no, we got to stay engaged. We certainly need support networks, but we got to stay engaged. And so, yeah, there's a lot of discussion about how we should approach what, what we're experiencing right now. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You've got these people saying hunker down, and there are the others that say no. Well, you got to stay out there, and, and you know, right. and, and, and and meet him at the front. And uh, I, I guess uh, you're not here to talk about that, but I, I I think I can see a place for Catholic media in all of this. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, mean, I think Catholic media is super important right now, and keeping Catholics connected, you know, and keeping Catholics, helping them keep their heads clear, helping them stay encouraged helping them to be able to uh, deal with some of the disturbing things that are happening with our culture. There's so many really good Catholics who can analyze what's going on, and uh, Catholic Radio is bringing them to the people. Do you, do you think we... Uh, uh, do you think we're close to the bottom here, or are we on our way back up? What I'm, I, This is kind of asking for your opinion on something that maybe you weren't anticipating me asking. Yeah, well... well if you look at the whole nominal Catholic population, 
we are not on our way back up. If you look at the number of Catholics that are getting more committed and those networks expanding, if you look at all the new evangelization efforts that have been born that are, that are making good progress, you know, like the Vine Renovation Network, Amazing Parish, Christ Life, you know, just so many wonderful things happening. Well, well, how about with uh, the young people? You know, we hear so much about the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S. Um, what's, what's, what's going on with them as far as, uh, you know, what we're talking about today is, and kind of some revitalization that's actually going on? What's going on with who? The young people. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a tough place. You know, all the statistics say that the younger you go in the population, the fewer people are connected with the church. But there's some great ministries that have developed trying to deal with that problem. You have Focus, that's really on hundreds of college campuses now and reaching kids. We've launched a couple of initiatives ourselves called ID, uh, Intentional Discipleship, and we have chapters all over the country trying to work with young adults. We have high school ministries here in Ann Arbor with boys and girls, and it's being effective. So there's a lot of good things happening. Uh, there's a lot of Catholic schools now that are trying to clarify their identity and get people hired who are really disciples of Christ, who can really reach the students. That, yeah, that's an interesting comment, the idea of the Catholic schools trying to reclaim their identity, because I know there's a lot that seem to have lost it, and then mm-hmm. those who reclaim it, uh, their enrollments just seem to explode. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they really come back, you know, roaring back. Right. And one of the great developers, too, is the Catholic homeschooling networks. You know, a lot of people can't afford Catholic schools, or a lot of times there isn't a solid Catholic school in the area, but the development of Catholic homeschooling, along with Catholic radio, are all providing support for people. Yeah. It, it sounds like what, what we're describing here is kind of a... Uh, you know, a regrouping that's going on, and, and you know, and I, you know, I, I, I certainly agree with uh, Pope Benedict that the, the church will be coming smaller because the uh, the nominal ones will have to make a decision: am I Catholic yeah. or am I not? Uh, exactly. You know, exactly. It, you know, it, and especially when you and I don't want to talk about that, or this, this political world we're we're living in, but that's certainly going to make some tough decisions for some people down the road. Yeah. No, there's no question about it. Catholics are going to have to decide who they really believe, who they're going to follow, where they're really at. And it is going to shake loose, unfortunately, a lot of people who have kind of imbibed the worldview of the culture and not really a disciple of Christ. Right. Well, we're coming up on a break right now, but uh, I think on the other side, let's talk about the second part of uh, uh, the topics you're going to talk about, and that's the new evangelization. And so, uh, your listeners, hang on. We've got more to come with Dr. Ralph Martin. And uh, we'll see you on the other side of the break. So stay with us for more Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
For centuries, healthcare has been central to the healing ministry of the church. Today's technologies offer exciting possibilities, but also serious moral questions. More than ever, we need healthcare leaders who serve with integrity and conviction. The University of Mary answers the call to prepare leaders anchored in moral courage in a breathtaking range of programs from bioethics to nursing. Visit catholicprofessional.life. Real Presence Radio is available on Google Assistant devices, including Google Home, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To start this action, say something like, Okay, Google, talk to Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM 970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use words like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, on Google Assistant devices. This is Father Bo Brown from the Diocese of Duluth. A lot of times, us as as Catholics, we we struggle with the Holy Spirit because the, the Father is so approachable. He has a name that's very uh, that we all know, right? That we can relate to, and the Son as well. And when you get the Holy Spirit, oftentimes He can take this this kind of back seat in our relationship with God. And we see early on in the, in the Book of Acts and uh, in the disciples in the early life of the Church. We see how they live with the Holy Spirit and they express to us what it's like to live with Him and how He both sanctifies what they do and their ministry and gives them special gifts and also how He sanctifies their own lives and they talk about how the Spirit brings uh, certain effects in their life like joy and peace, patience, kindness, generosity, self-control. So I think it's good for us to think about today. What's our relationship with the Holy Spirit like? Is He a real person in our lives? We have the same kind of relationship with Him that we have with the Father and the Son. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Okay, back to the show. We're talking to Dr. Ralph Martin, and my name is Jack Canelli, and with me is Ken Cottrell. And we're in the second half of this second half hour of Real Presence Live. And uh, Dr. Martin has a lot to do with uh, uh, evangelization. And we're going to talk about the new evangelization. So, what, Doctor, why don't you just start in on it? Sure. Well, just even the story of our own seminary, uh, maybe about 20 or 25 years ago, Cardinal Mida, who was the Archbishop of Detroit at the time, decided that there hadn't been a serious enough response to John Paul II's call for a new evangelization on an institutional level. So he decided to refocus our seminary, and he gave it a new motto, preparing heralds for the new evangelization. And I ended up being responsible for a lot of that. And so what that's all about is that John Paul II said that the traditional missionary work of the Church needs to go on, going to cultures and countries which haven't heard the Gospel, and we need to keep tending the faithful who are coming to Church. But he says, now we have a new situation where millions of baptized and confirmed Catholics aren't living as disciples of Christ, so he said we need a new evangelization directed towards them. And so one of the things that's new about the new evangelization, who it's focused on, it's focused on people who are Catholic in name, but aren't really living as disciples of Christ. Another thing that's new about it 
is, and this is one of the great discoveries of Vatican II, one, one, one way sometimes people describe Vatican II is it rediscovered baptismal spirituality, that every single baptized person is really called to holiness and is really called to mission just by virtue of being baptized. And one of the documents from Vatican II, the decree on the apostle of lay people, it begins by saying lay people don't have to wait for their pastor or bishop to ask them to do something because they've already been asked. And you might say, when were we asked? Well, when we were baptized, Jesus asked us to come follow him in, in his love for the Father and his love for human beings in, in holiness and evangelization. And then John Paul II also said this new evangelization needs to be new in methods and expressions and open to the creativity of the Holy Spirit. So that's been a tremendous contribution that he's made. And all over the world, many, many dioceses have really, just like our seminary, focused themselves on evangelization. Many have, you know, developed kind of diocesan directors of evangelization and parish directors and done a lot of things to try to awaken Catholic lay people to who they really are in Christ. So this is a really a very positive development. Uh, it, it, it hasn't turned the tide in terms of the power of the culture taking away nominal Catholics, but it's certainly increasing the numbers of those who really are living as missionary disciples from before when we really got this call from John Paul II. You're really afflicting the comfortable on this one because the idea that uh, uh, the idea of just going to Mass and comfortably sitting there for your 45 minutes to an hour, uh, you're really called to more than that. Yes, yes, and, and that's really true. And a lot of times we're selling lay people short we don't realize how much Jesus wants to do for them and how much he's asking from them. Well, right. Isn't that the whole thing of Vatican II was kind of getting the involvement of the laity and getting them out there? Right. And there's even a section in a Constitution on the Church, Section 14, where it says, you can't be a Catholic in name only. And if you're not living in harmony in thought, word, and deed with faith, not only will you not be saved, but you will be the more severely judged. So that's kind of a shocking statement. Mm-hmm. Oh. John Paul II repeats it in his missionary encyclical, Mission of the Redeemer. Dr. Martin, it's, it's interesting because at the beginning of the discussion, we were talking about um, uh, the committed few, uh, the, uh, the Benedict option uh, versus uh, some of the more cultural Catholics uh, who uh, have drifted away uh, and not come back since COVID. But, um, and then uh, the, the, almost the, the efforts around re-evangelization to right. uh, the Catholic lay. So uh, it, it's almost like there, there has been some success uh, experience with that, those efforts that you put forth. Um, talk a little bit more about that. I, I mean, do you consider this uh, a success in, in sorts? Well, it's a work in progress. You know, we still got a long way to go, but, for example, uh, there's, a, there's a movement called Divine Renovation out of Canada. Father James Mellon kind of started it, but they are now mentoring more than a 1,000 parishes all over the world about how to get refocused on evangelization. And the tool that they offer to parishes is the Alpha Method, and, uh, and hundreds of thousands of people have now gone through this Alpha course, uh, both through Divine Renovation, but also in other ways as well. 
uh, and there's a whole organization now called Catholic Alpha. And so there's this tremendously successful evangelization things going on. Another one is called Amazing Parish. And what they're doing is taking pastors and trying to help them become leaders in evangelization. So it's just a lot of good things going on. Yeah, I, I, think, I think a lot of people have the impression that the word evangelization means, you know, going door to door, you know, like the Jehovah Witnesses or, you know, and, uh, you know, proselytizing, which makes a lot of us very uncomfortable. But it's really yeah. a lot more expansive than that. Uh, you yeah. know, I try to encourage the people to support, uh, you know, Real Presence Radio as a matter of, you know, assisting with the new evangelization. Absolutely. Well, I remember when Catholic Radio hardly existed. I remember when there were thousands of Protestant radio stations, hardly anything. And now we have hundreds and hundreds of Catholic radio stations. It's fabulous. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to bring some comfort to our, our listeners that, you know, don't exactly like the idea of going to door to door, even though I do mm-hmm. know some people that, you know, they thrive on that sort of thing and they want to do it. But on the other hand, the new evangelization, the term shouldn't scare anybody. It should be something yeah. where they can, they can find a way to contribute. Yeah, well, the document on lay mission in Vatican II talks about there being four dimensions of lay mission. First of all, the witness of our life. Just living a good Catholic life is a witness. Secondly, works of charity and mercy, just helping people who need help. Third, participating as good citizens, trying to make life go better for people in our cities, our countries. But fourthly, it says, being willing to speak about Jesus, to help people who don't know him come to know him, and to help people know him grow in him. So that doesn't mean necessarily going door to door, although some Catholics are doing that. But it means being willing to not be ashamed of admitting that we're Catholics, not being ashamed of saying, where we go on Sunday morning, not being ashamed of saying, what we listen to on Catholic radio, not being ashamed to tell people how we've grown in our faith and why we're Catholics. Right, and that's getting even more and more difficult now, you know, given the way the, our, our culture seems to be uh, going. But, uh, uh, you know, on the other hand, I think it should be, uh, give us a, a certain sense of pride as well that, uh, you know, we're standing up. Right, absolutely. And Jesus says, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body. I'd rather be afraid of those who can, what happens to the soul and body in hell. And he says, you're ashamed of me before people. I'm going to be ashamed before you about you before my Father in heaven. So Jesus is saying, "Come on, don't 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 kind of throw me under the bus, guys. Don't be afraid to acknowledge that you're my disciple." Mm-hmm. So, Doctor Martin, with uh, uh, as we're uh, coming up in the last few minutes of, uh, of the interview. Uh, what do you think the future looks like uh, for the new evangelization? Well, I think we're going to continue to make progress. The numbers of those committed to Christ are going to grow, but the overall condition of the Catholic Church is, is, is troublesome. But we know how it's all going to end, right? The, the, Jesus has won the victory, and he's going to return in glory to judge the living and the dead. What are some of the, the 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 real obstacles that you're seeing, you know, to the new evangelization? 
I think a lot of people have drifted into a presumption that God is so merciful he'll never let anybody be lost, which is not true. God is so merciful, but people need to respond to his mercy with faith, with repentance, by becoming joined to his body, eating his body, drinking his blood. So I think a lot of people don't realize that there really are only two destinations, heaven and hell, and it really matters how people live and what they believe. And so a lot of times people aren't willing to go through the discomfort of sharing their faith because they don't really believe it's going to make any difference and everybody's going to end up in the same place, which is not true. Yeah, isn't, isn't that a common heresy? God is so merciful he can't, uh, he, 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 wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't allow anybody to go to hell sort of thing? Absolutely, but people choose to go to hell. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. You know, and it's, 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 it's almost hard to get your head around that one because why would anybody yeah. choose something like that? But when you see uh, what's going on, it's kind of like, well, they are. People are, large parts of our culture now are in explicit rebellion against God. No question about it. That's, that's a bad situation to be in. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather have them on my side. Right. You know, so... Uh, we send ourselves to hell. He doesn't. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know if we have enough time, but I'm thinking we should have given you an opportunity to say something about uh, Renewal Ministries, but maybe we'll have to save that for another time or maybe when you're here for the banquet because you can hear our, our hard break is coming up. They're bringing up the music. So uh, I think we'll just have to say, Dr. Martin, thank you very much for sp- spending time with us today. We Certainly, uh, I've enjoyed the visit, and I hope our visit, our listeners have as well. Ken is nodding his head, too, so <laughs> he's with me on that. So, Well, hey, see you in Fargo, uh, February 6th. Certainly, and I, I hope the weather warms up a little bit for you before you get here. Well, thank you. And safe travels. Thank you.